I think she's at that instilling a mentality that we're not just here to turn up. Right. You know, we're not just this team that... That's like, a, that's like a Roy Keane mentality, isn't it? Yes, and I think she has got that. You are listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill. Hello, I'm Eric Lawler. Welcome to House of Football with Sports Joe and William Hill. I am absolutely thrilled and honoured to have a very special guest in the studio, Republic of Ireland legend, a player with 130 caps, 54 goals, five hat-tricks for the girls in green. It is none other than Olivia O'Toole. Olivia, you're very, very welcome to the House of Football. Thanks for coming in. No problem, Eric. Thanks very much. <laughs> and, you're, and, and you're about to, literally about to embark a plane to Australia now. I am. My flight is at two o'clock today, so I'm uh, Are you excited? To, absolutely. The goose <laughs> pumps is all over me. I can't wait. I'm, uh, I'm absolutely seething with jealousy now looking at you across <laughs> the way because you had Stephanie in last week and she was going off and now you're going off yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, we we have a we had a bit of a panic because today is Monday. We don't we normally record a podcast on a Tuesday. Yeah, I yeah, switched yeah. off my phone last night, Olivia, because I'm having a bit of quiet time with me missus. That's what <laughs> I do. So I missed all the text saying that podcast is tomorrow. Eric, by the way, and I woke yeah, up this morning yeah. going, "Oh my god, <laughs> Olivia Till, Irish legend, is waiting for me in the studio." And I sprinted out, got a taxi, and here we are. Anyway, Olivia, oh, it's great yeah. to have you. Thanks it really very is. Much for being so, here. Olivia, it is it is a momentous occasion for women's football in this country. Mm. Um, the World Cup is about to begin. Uh, uh, what, what, are you, what are your feelings as an ex-Irish international? Like you just mentioned there you've got goosebumps and like, can you, can you get put into words yeah. how you feel about the whole thing? Well that's just it, it's just a, it's like a constant adrenaline is in my body like just to get over see the games like as you know it's Air Force World Cup and me and myself in my lifetime I never thought I'd go to a women's World Cup never know what it meant but just the magnitude of it, like going over. I'm going over in three hours' time, like, and I just—it's <laughs> a pinch myself moment. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. As if they, am I really going? Am yeah. I really going to watch the girls who I'm watching like the last six, seven years, following all over the country, and just as they're going to walk up and I'm gone. Yeah, That's the, you know, I just the magnitude of I don't think will hit us, and we probably get to Sydney. Yeah, you know. So I think I, I, I might be. <clears throat> I wonder how you'll be feeling that moment, uh, Olivia, when the teams are out on the pitch and they're listening to Aaron on the vein. That's the Aaron on the vein. And I know when I go to see the girls in Tallinn and the Aaron on the vein comes on, I get goosebumps and I get emotional. It's not um, like uh, sad. No. It's happy. It's, it's adrenaline. Pride. It's full yeah. of pride. Yeah. And that's, I know when I hear for the first time <clears throat> in the opening game at this FIFA World Cup, I know I'm going to be crying because it's just a thing. It's proud of your country yeah. and, you know, because to me, Irish people are so humble yeah. and they love to see everybody doing good in anything. And we always get behind them and that's the thing about the Irish people, you know. How does it feel, I suppose, in comparison to Italian 90 uh, to this moment? Well, I was asked, like, what, what does this mean to you? And I said, well, to me, it's like a 1990. The only thing, I didn't go to 1990, but I'm going to, to like... Everyone in my street has their buttons out, have their flags out and they're cheering on the girls and there's a little bit of an atmosphere there but I feel that the, as the World Cup going on I think the people will get behind more yeah. the girls. I think you're dead right there Olivia. I've noticed that even on my street there's a couple mm. of buttons but well, not every house has no, the buttons no, out no. but I think as the games progress yeah. those buttons are going to sell well. Exactly <laughs> and I think after the first game and the, if the girls actually do well and I think they will it's going to explode. I know it's going to explode in, in Ireland. And please God, it will be like a 1990. Yeah. 
atmosphere. You yeah, know? yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I mean, even the times of the matches, like two matches at eleven o'clock, one match at mm, one o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Like I, when I first heard the match, the, the World Cup was going to be in Australia. I had fears that the matches would be like three or four or five in the morning. In the morning, but these times are actually all right. They, they're great, and like there's a few watch parties happening in yeah. football clubs, Terran York, and like there's loads of people doing watch parties, and you have to be there for half nine in the morning, <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> which is weird because. I don't know if you remember Brian Kerr's under seventy under nineteen men. Yeah. Trevor Malai is my cousin. Oh Trevor, yeah. Yeah. Great bows man. Exactly. <laughs> and we used to um get up at seven yeah. to watch them games, oh, you know, amazing. like in the morning. Yeah. So I actually thought it was going to be something like that, but it's not. They, I think they're great times. Oh, they're perfect times. Mm. I mean there was worse times. I remember the when the Irish team qualified for the Japan South Korea World Cup yeah. in two thousand and two. I remember sitting the Drake in at Fingless at half mm. past eight in the morning well, watching Earl play against yeah. them or remember the point that we had. Well, that's where we, we were in grass uh, down at the point. Yeah. All uh, Trevor's family and all his cousins and all. And we all watched it there. Obviously, no drink. It was just yeah. coffee and tea. Yeah. But uh, the atmosphere was still the same. You say that, you know? Olivia. <laughs> 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 the atmosphere was still the same, yeah. you know, so... People need to, like, they will, I find they will get up and they will watch and go to these watch parties. So, please God, I will kick off after the first game. And you're the perfect person to speak to, Olivia, about the change in, in women's football in this country since mm. when you started out to where it is now. Can you give us a sense of the differences that are there now that weren't there when you were there? Well, I'll give you one example. The girls are getting chartered planes now. We used to get six planes to where we had to go to. You know, <laughs> you know yeah, if we yeah, were going yeah. to Wales, we'd have to get three boats, you know. So <laughs> we are going to England. like. But that's the difference. in, yeah. And it's absolutely brilliant. I, Like, as I said, I was asked a question, are you bitter? I said, why, am I, why would you be bitter? Because you just want to see the team doing well and blah, blah, blah. As I, when I was with the Irish team, we had no... Uh, personal assistant, we know phys- no f- proper physio, you know, no nutrition. Like, we just basically got up, trained, played the game, and uh, for the love of the game and the love of playing for your country, we didn't care where we travelled. Yeah. You know what I mean? We could have travelled around the world, and it's just as long as you put on that uh, Ireland jersey and you listen to the national anthem. That's what it meant to you. Oh, my God, it's it such a it. feeling. Yeah. It's, it's worth it, yeah. all the travelling. And as I said, I was on a podcast there the other day. I think I wore Palmer Grass uh, tracksuit for 10 years. No way. You know what I mean? But I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, I rolled the, the waist up six, seven times. But to me, it was an Ireland tracksuit and I was representing my country, so I didn't care. what. No, we... fairness, it could be worse tracksuits to wear Palmer Grass. Exactly, he's a legend, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And... That's the difference in when I was growing up and the girls now. Like when we went to countries like Russia, uh, we got three or four planes to get to this place and Minsk in Russia and air food wouldn't uh, arrive, you know, for two or three days later. So you'd have to eat the local food? We'd have to eat the local food, you know, and sometimes the local food make you sick, you know, a bit of pies and, you know, <laughs> before the game. <laughs> yeah. So you were afraid to eat as well, but... That the, the difference then and now is unbelievable. The girls are so well looked after. And, but it's it's seen in the football. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The equality the pay, the chartered planes, the properly getting looked after, getting uh, looked after like professionals. And, and the this, facilities and all the training. And you can and see it in the yeah. performances and this is why we're going to a World Cup. Yeah. So money does really talk. Yeah, at the end of the day. At the end of the day. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so you can bring us right back to when you started, Livy. Just tell us, how do you even start playing football? I was six years of age. I remember my dad sitting me down and watching a match of the day of a Saturday night. And I was intrigued by these men kicking a ball around. So I went out about 
two days later I had a ball and that was that's how it started the ball like literally stuck to me foot it was I loved it yeah. The minute I kicked my first ball and I started off with Sheriff YC Bias, nine years of age. I stayed with them till the age of 16. I was at a game, that, my last game for Sheriff Bias in Phoenix Park and I went up for a tackle with a boy and I hit him in the head and his nose busted. And they found out that I was a girl. Oh, they only realised then? They only realised then I was a girl. Who only realised Sheriff? No, the opposition oh, right, team. Right, right. So when the opposition team found out, they, they didn't want to play. And I was with my manager. I said, "You go. They can't stop me from playing." And it was it was so upsetting. Yeah. But this is where the rule changed in the Evening Herald. A f- friend of mine ran a story, and they changed the rule that a girl can play up to the age of seventeen now. Right. With bias. So that was great then. But for me, people telling me that I couldn't play the sport that I loved, I was devastated. Of I went course, home yeah. to my man. I was sobbing, and but. In a, in a matter of three months, I was gone into a girls' team because I didn't know there was any girls' team. That's what I was going to ask you, Olivia. Mm. Were you not aware that there might be? Was there any other girls' no, teams? No, there, well, there was very few, maybe. Well, I wasn't aware of right. then, and I was 15. So uh, a girl named Trisha Martin came down to me, a senior girl, or a lot older than me, and she said, Look at this drunk hundred ladies there across in Talca Park, Shelbourne's ground. And I went up, and these were all 21 or 22 senior women. And I was like, I can't play with these. These are too big. And, <laughs> but my first game with them, it was just natural. It, absolutely natural. These girls could play football. And I was gobsmacked. There was some other girls that could play football like me. Did you get a lift from that? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, all I wanted to do was train, play, train. Yeah. Play. And I did. I trained and I played every single day. After school, before school, after me dinner. You ma calling me in. Yeah, ma, be in in 10 minutes it, 10 hours just later still just an obsession yeah. and I think my passion came from that and that's why I think I was so successful with Ireland because I'm a winner Yeah, I always wanted to win even five sides and training and but even, I, I'd say <clears> a lot of that probably stems as well uh, Olivia you said like from the age of 9 to, up to the age of 16 mm. you were playing with boys yeah. so did you feel like you had to prove yourself even more to the boys or did the boys like there's Olivia, she's one of ours, she's, she's accepted into the group. And, or did you feel you had to play a bit harder and show your, show your metal? Well, I did have to play a bit harder and show me metal, but not around the nine years of age. I was just one of them at yeah. the time. But as I was getting older, I noticed that I was getting better on the boys that I was playing with me. That You know when you, you pick your two teams? I was always the first to be picked. Right. So I knew I was doing something right. Yeah. And they never held back. You know, and I told them to. I never. I don't like. Do not hold back. I want to use because I'm a girl. Yeah. And I think this is where I got my strength from, my passion for the game. You know, everything that contributes to being a footballer came from them years playing with them. Mm. Right. So tell me about your um your Irish breakthrough. How did like the first hint of international football come about for you, Olivia? I was playing with um. Rohini and I are at the time. I was 19 years old. Uh, no, sorry, John Condor Lady. I was 19 at the time. And I was asked to work the Santry uh, for trials for Ireland. I didn't even know Ireland existed. Wow. You know, because I yeah. was only at the giant yeah, girls yeah. team that I didn't think it existed. Went out to Santry and there was this 500 women, girls playing football. I was gobsmacked. I didn't know there was this many women in Ireland that could play football. And we went Friday, Saturday and Sunday and at the time no phone. So you got a letter two days later to say whether you were called back to the last 23. Wow. 
So you had to wait on a letter to find out <laughs> when you made it. A letter, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> an email like, or... Are we a... getting patient waiting on a text? Yeah, Imagine yeah. Imagine waiting on a letter. <laughs> Is that postman here? Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, this is what I'd say, and I was told, Livy, you'll get a letter to say where you are. And I got that letter. When I got that letter, I was sobbing. Like, I was like, oh, ma, I'm about to get onto the, tr- onto the actual team for a European campaign for Ireland with Spain. So, uh, to play Spain, because that, that was their first game. Yeah. And I don't think my family... Realise the magnitude of it, you know, because ah, yeah, you're just going to play yeah. football because yeah, that's, yeah. that's what Olivia did. <laughs> she had her boots on her back, leaving the house yesterday or later. Like, <laughs> you know, they didn't get the magnitude, but um, yeah, I'm all them trials. And I got the letter when I got the letter, I was just so happy. And three weeks later, we went into camp for the Euros to start. And, and my, your first game was against Spain, my first game was against Spain, it was a home or away, it was away in Seville. Oh, and wow. I'll never forget it because we walked into the stadium, 7,000 people, and there's one of our delegates there with one flag. 7,000 people? 7,000 people. What year was this, Olivia? 1991. So already in Spanish women's football, there's 7,000. Oh, absolutely. Very popular. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So Where, when Ireland ladies were playing at home, you had 300 people, yeah, and they were probably yeah. just their family and friends. Yeah. You know, so even to walk into a stadium with 7,000 people and hear the roar, it's frightening. Wow. You know, because we hadn't seen it, we hadn't experienced yeah. it. Um, but it must, it must have made you excited as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, obviously, any professional, it doesn't matter who you're at, you know, Messi, Pele, you get that little nerve in your stomach yeah. before you play. And when I went out and seen the crowd, my stomach was just torn, as if I felt, I felt nausea, you know, right. because it was so... Overwhelming yeah, almost. But yeah, as I said, all right, the... Air National Anthem start playing, you sing it out, you have pride and you just want the game to get going. And when the game got going, it was actually a good game, it was a very tight game. And I think in the 74th, 75th minute I got the ball just before the box. I turned two defenders, beat one of them, was ready to take me shot and I took me shot. When I took me shot, two Spanish girls came in and I was dead leg cause, and the ball went in and I couldn't actually get up and celebrate. Because I was Cause injured. The <laughs> yeah, I mean, my leg was completely dead and I couldn't couldn't move. But I just remember all the girls coming over and diving on me and saying, yeah, you know, he scored. Oh, wow. But I didn't know the magnitude of that win either because it was the first time Ireland women was ever at the winning away in a European game, in a campaign. So that only hit me when I got home. Wow. When all the papers, you know, can we have an interview? I'd like to speak. You, you don't know what you're at there doing and... Because to me, I just scored for my country and it's the best feeling in the world. Imagine, on your debut. On my debut, As yeah. well, I get clapped. I'm yeah. not being able to celebrate that much. I know, yeah, I was on the ground. Yeah, but yeah. still, you have that memory to bring, you know, bring, oh, bring you to the grave. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. What an incredible thing. And did you, like even in, in, in that match against Spain afterwards, Olivia, did, was there any jersey swapping or anything like oh, that no, afterwards? No no. <laughs> no, no. No, you're not allowed. We weren't allowed then, you know, because we were on a budget and we were told every time you went away please do not swap jerseys because in the next campaign you mightn't have one wow and this is what, an international team this yeah, is mad yeah. but what I used to do I, and they hate me for I used to swap with the girls anyway yeah because I knew they wouldn't ask them for the back of the opposition team yeah so I have got a Wales jersey Denmark jersey Italy jersey I have a few okay right you know so <laughs> I did it because I, I like the jersey yeah if I didn't like the jersey I wouldn't swap you know so and what did, did, did the FAI say right we're going to invoice you Olivia for those jerseys you just well, gave away well if they did they'd Detroit, have to, yeah <laughs> exactly like, 
But I knew Sean Brody, Sean would just look at me and say, you're not doing it again, Ed and Jan. And I say, yeah. I said, the jersey was nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, uh, obviously, like that was your first game for, for Ireland, Olivia. And yeah, and that put you to the to the attention of a lot of people, as yeah, you said, yeah. after that game. You didn't yeah. realise the enormity of it and yeah. everyone wanted to interview you. Mm. What happened then after that? Was that like a real breakthrough moment for you as an individual? Yeah, because... Um, as I said, the reporters and all, and what they were writing about me, this little left footer is uh, Orion Giggs, uh, you know, and me getting compared to Orion Giggs and O'Brien Robson and it just, the wizard with the feet I was getting told, you know. Jesus. And I was, huh? yeah, yeah, and my <laughs> man... You, oh yeah, Man United fan as well, Oh you? yes, staunch, staunch Man United fan and that's who I grew up watching. Look at even more Olivia Fairplay. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's who I uh, watched look, when I was growing up. Brian Giggs. Uh, the first one was George Best, Brian Robson, Ray Keane and uh, Brian Giggs. They were my United idols. Legends. Yeah, yeah, you know, like growing up in the centuries that yeah. we grew up in. and That's a yeah, staunch Man United fan. My dad instilled it into me. You know, he was my, my dad was a Man United fan. You know. And and did you ever go over to Old Trafford or not? Oh yeah, I've yeah. been to I went, yeah. I was at the Rome again. Oh right, the, the Champions League, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, what a game. What a that game, was. exactly. Spectacular, what yeah. That's game. one of the great games of and, uh, United uh, history. I remember Rob um Rooney scored and he ran over to the corner flag and that's where we were sitting, so that was brilliant to have him standing there like this with his arms out and and the seven one, like so yeah. I've been to I went to Old Trafford, I watched Leeds. And Alan Smith scored a winner against us, 1-0, Leeds won. All right. And we actually signed him about three or four months later. Yeah, so we yeah. couldn't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Ferguson yeah. did. Yeah. Um, going back to, back to like, Olivia, when you, when you made that big breakthrough with the Irish team, you got the winner against Spain, who were the big personalities in the Irish team at that time? Who did you look up to? Uh, like, obviously, sorry, you said you weren't aware that there was an Irish international women's team, but yeah. obviously you got into the squad then and then you would have quickly realised who were the big personalities in that squad? Can yeah. you, you tell us a little bit around that time well, and the, what they did to you when you to welcome you into oh, the squad? Yeah, that's why I was very well, made very welcome by uh, a girl, Angie Bates. She's actually a detective in um, Fitzgibbon Street Station now at the moment. And it's a little story about her. Angie was a centre-half in Spain against Seville. And when we got back, she found out she was three months pregnant. What? <laughs> yeah. So she was three months pregnant playing against Spain. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So Angie And this lad's trying to be a hero saying they played a match with a slight hamstring tear. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually met her about two years ago. We're at, she's two daughters now, 21 and 22. And I, I said, which one is it? She said, it's this one. <laughs> which one is it? It's a Bill baby. Yeah, yeah, that's what you call it. It's a Bill baby. It's hilarious. Like. That's amazing. Yeah, See, that's something yeah. like uh, every Joe soap man in the street wouldn't even wouldn't contemplate. Oh, no, exactly. There's a woman on the, on the pitch on pregnant. The pitch. They, well, nobody knew. And when we got back and she told us when we came back into camp, she came into camp later on in the campaign and says, obviously, you know, I am not here. Like, you know, I was three months pregnant. But Angie used to put her arm around me, make sure I'm all right. And there was a Sue Hayden, the goalkeeper as well, Angie McNally, a great sports person. She played for Dublin uh, GAA. She played for Ireland basketball. You know, so she's loads of experience. Yeah, yeah. So people like that, like, look yeah. after me. Like, like the way now on, you know, Garmin and Louise says, when they came into camp, I looked after them. Right. It's not. It's not realizing. It's just in your instinct. You yes, know. It's just yeah. just what you. 
because it's daunting coming into a camp. And you remember what it was like when you were going in. Yeah, and, and what I remember as well, am I good enough to be here? You know, should I be here? And people, girls, that it think it's daunting and then they shouldn't be here. So when you put your arm around... So yeah, but imposter syndrome. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Am I good enough to be here? I said, you wouldn't be here. I said, you had to be picked out of a thousand girls. So you take this, you embrace it and just do what you do. And enjoy, the most important thing is enjoy it. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, Olivia, give us a sense then, really, like people harp on about, you just mentioned it there, how, how professional the whole setup yeah. is now. Can you give us a sense of what it was like, though, when you started out? And obviously you didn't know any difference, so that was just the way you got on with it. But yeah. give us a sense of what, what everything was like, conditions, training, gear, all of that, the whole setup. Well, the majority of the times when we went away, our gear or our food didn't come with us, if you know what I mean. We got we landed in two or three days. The stuff would come. This is early in the in my career. Yeah. Later on in my career, now we seen the professionalism creeping in. Okay. You know it wasn't so all a gradual that. Oh yeah, it was gradually. Yeah. Like uh, for instance, we got paid. Right. But we got paid thirty euro. Right. You know what I mean? To play for your country. To play for your country. But to that that to us, it was like. They're respecting us now, you know. Right. It's something. It's a symbol. It's a symbol yeah. of something going forward, you know. And then we didn't have to get the half six tra- plane out of Dublin Airport. We constantly got the early boat tra- plane but for cheap flights. Yeah. You know what I mean? So everything wasn't bad. Like sometimes you only get two flights and then we'd have to get three flights. And for instance, like we went to Russia. I think we travelled for three days. Wow. To get there, you know, and the traveling did kill me. I, I'm not a good traveler, right. and like, but the food wise, the nutrition, oh, we hadn't got that. But gradually, as I was with, I was with Ireland for 18, 17 years. I'd say the first six, seven years, it was like that. But then after the, the nine and ten years, we were getting the little bonuses, like the we're getting paid. Get a taxi out to train, and if you hadn't got a mother or father, you give the receipt, they give it back to you. Okay. You know, so little things little like steps that. Steps of progress. Yeah. yeah and it tire became not Paul McGrath's tracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 they actually fit. It was like, so you, they did it gradually try to look after us because they could only walk out the resources they had, right. you know, so. They did try to look after us. But did you have a sense, Olivia, even though you were new to the whole international setup uh, and those first couple of years, did you have a sense that things should be better? And was there anyone in the squad who said, ah, here, hang on, this is bang out of order just because we're women? Did anyone complain? Did anyone say standards need to be raised? Or Yeah, like every day I was the captain for 10 years and every day I had a girl coming to me with a problem. Right. And the problem could have been, I've nobody to talk to, Olivia, and I feel lonely. You okay. know, like, right. just little things yeah, like yeah. that. I'm missing home. If you, we used to go to Portugal every year, every March, for three weeks for the Portugal tournament. And those girls flying in from America, England, you know, and we're all getting together. And this is when it started becoming professional, when they were able to fly people over to tournaments like that. And that's when I started saying, these are serious. Yeah. You know, we're, we're building. But unfortunately for me, I knew I wouldn't be around for the likes of what's happening now because I was getting old, I was getting, I was retired and, you know, so when I seen the difference in, like, when I was there, we had one nutrition in, one, and I think it was the end of my career and I always remember him, he was a man. And I was like, 
what, I, I didn't know what he was talking about because right. when we were finished the game, we went to McDonald's. <laughs> you know what I as mean? You would, yeah. As you would, you know. <laughs> and before a game, like, you looked after yourself. I looked after myself. I ate my chicken, I ate my pasta, but nobody told me what I have to eat and what I haven't to eat. I just put it upon myself yeah. just to make sure you're ready, game ready. Yeah. And how I got So had you done your own little bit of research? Yeah, and, okay, yeah. Right, fair play. To, you know, to get game ready for a game yeah, yeah. a week before what you have to do. And the most important thing was rest. Right. Rest, rest, rest. Make yeah. sure you rest after your session, after your food. The mind, body and soul is okay. You're relaxed, you yeah. know. So I used to look after... The girls used to look after herself. Yeah. To be able to play for your country. You know? Olivia, I want to bring you back to uh, the protest in 2017. Yeah. Um, like for anyone that's listening out there, <clears> can you just tell us what the uh, the background to that was and what how it all how it all happened? Well, the background to it was obviously the girls are still changing in toilets. And to, when I heard that, like in 2017, because we did, did it in 2007, I was absolutely gobsmacked because I thought it was done, dusted. So you were thinking 10 years later, they're still doing oh, this? Oh, yeah, still still getting changed in a, in a toilet in an airport, you know, and getting passed down the under 21s tracksuits. And I just says to myself, I says, this has to stop. It has to stop. So I was actually speaking to Emma Bourne before she went on to a press conference. She was a bit nervous, as you do. Yeah. And I says, Emma, just go on. Just tell them what we went through and what the girls expect for the future. And when she starts speaking about, we've, we've had enough. We're, we're under protest playing for our country. And I says, well done. Because it's long, long, long overdue. And I, t- I feel if they did it five or six years ago prior to 2007, imagine where we could have been. Mm-hmm. We could be. We could have went to a few European uh, championships yeah. and probably maybe one or two World Cups. We, we don't know. But to me, personally, I think if it had been done before, we'd have been in European championships, everything being... Okay, they'd have been getting their charter planes, they'd be getting the equal pay, but it only came out in 2017 because of the tracksuiting. And it was long overdue coming out, and look at the repercussions because it did come out. We're going to a World Cup. That's what I was going to say to you. Mm. So, did you, did you, as a squad and, and, and as a, a, an Irish footballing legend, see a, a visible change in the way things were done after that? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, what the, things started to improve quickly? Like, in the your FAI opinion? was more um, interacted with the girls okay. and asked the girls, what do they want? And exactly like people ask delegates, what do, what do you think the girls want? Go to the source, and the source is the girls who's playing. And they're the only ones that let you know this is what we need to, to achieve our gold. This is what we need to accomplish where we want to go. And this is what we need for everybody to be comfortable, not worry about annual leave our walk. Because annual leave our walk is a it's a burden to get like when I was playing, my my roommate, Sharon, I Dublin City Council were very good to me. They didn't take annual leave, but my part my roommate had to. So there was a, a conflict of interest, yeah. you know. So all this changed after the seventeen, and it, it was long overdue. And Emma, I was speaking to after the press conference. I said, "How would you feel?" She said, "Well, just after the press conference, the PA officer who looks after the players straight away equal pay." Wow, you know what I mean? So straight away, straight away, yeah. things are changing straight away. 
And as you said then, uh, Olivia, um, if that had been done earlier, we might have qualified for a couple of tournaments A couple of tournaments, yeah. That's neither here nor there, I suppose, now. We have now finally uh, know, uh, gotten across the line to the biggest football tournament in mm. the world, um, the, the Women's World Cup. I think everyone is really excited. Um, if we could just even look at our group, I suppose, Olivia, mm. uh, first games against the host Australia yeah. in front of 81,500 people. Like, that's going to be... like. For anyone, even even if, if, if Olivia, if you are still playing for Ireland, yeah. with all your vast experience, mm. that's going to be daunting for anyone to walk out in that in that cauldron. Exactly, like I mean, it's it's going to be daunting. The girls are going to be going wow, but I know the minute Air National Anthem's over, the girls are going to be hundred percent focused, switched on, switched on straight away, because I know how I know how they walk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And all this that's had to be going on, like with the Columbia, with with the niece and that'll be all done away with that'll yeah. be all forgotten about they'll be 100% focused on this game it is going to be a hard game Australia the hosts they just played France there the other day where we played them two weeks ago I thought we had a great 45 minutes yeah we did we yeah. had a brilliant 45 minutes so to me focusing on air girls I would look back on that 45 minutes because the girls harassed, they closed down, they actually played football, they yeah. had our chances. Don't mind the last three minutes of the, the first half, that was a disaster. But the 45 minutes, I would be showing the girls this in the game, build up before the Aussie game, the Matilda game. And this is what we do, this is what we do. Look at you, passing the ball, going in, getting behind, and we had a few times to score. Yeah, so that right. would that would meet my thinking on going into the first game. Too like we we, we we were every bit as good as France, if not better in that Absolutely. as you say in that first forty five minutes. And if you were a neutral observer who went to that game looking at that first forty five minutes, you'd be you'd be difficult to find out which team was ranked number five in the world and which, and which team was ranked twenty two. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. So I think I think you're hundred percent right mm, there, Olivia. And yeah. um, you just touched on Vera there. Uh, what do you think Vera has brought to the setup that maybe other previous coaches hadn't? I think she's at that instilling a mentality that we're not just here to turn up. Right. You know, we're not just this team that... That's like, a, that's like a Roy Keane mentality, isn't it? Yes, oh, and I think she has got that yeah. mentality. And she's at that instilling it in the girls that the girls, we're not only here to turn up, we're here to co- compete. Mm-hmm. And we're here to make our country proud. You know, so... And I think they are going to surprise a few people. And if they do get a result, my thinking on the first game is... Obviously, the Matildas are going to come out and bombard, bombard, bombard. But I think if their girls hold out for the first 10, 15 minutes, we could snatch a win, at least a draw. Yeah. You know? And as you say, like it's the Matildas are going out and playing in front of their home crowd. They're yeah. going to feel a lot of pressure, pressure in that first game. Absolutely. And they probably could have picked an easier game against than the Irish in the yeah. first game kind of mm, thing, like, mm. you know? So, yeah, we could use that to our advantage. Exactly. If we keep the crowd quiet for 10, yeah. 15, 20 minutes, yeah. they'll start getting a little bit antsy. And This is what I'm saying. And the girls, as the game goes, 10, 15 minutes, the girls are growing... Um, in confidence, like we're at the holding them, now we play airway. Yeah. You know, yeah. Need to, why not? Yeah. Why not here just to be a part? We're here to compete. Who are the key figures for Ireland? We have three key figures for Ireland, and one of them is obviously Katie. Yeah. She's a left winger wizard. Mary uh, Engine is Denise O'Sullivan, and a brick wall is Louise Quinn. You know, so that's their core. Yeah. Their core. Our spine is exactly, the team there. Exactly, spine yeah. the team. Um, obviously, uh, Denise was involved in a 
uh, an incident. Hard stopping, hard stopping. <laughs> With the Colombians there and a mm-hmm. behind closed doors friendly, which was like it's all over the news. It was abandoned after 20 minutes because Vera said it was excessively rough play. Yeah, and then yeah. the Colombians have been making quotes about the girls and being yeah, soft being and all soft, that. But you know yeah. those girls. You know that match wouldn't Just have been abandoned for a reason. Absolutely nothing, and I mean nothing, soft about Denise O'Sullivan on a pitch. Denise O'Sullivan is the, equi- the equivalent of Roy Keane for us. Yeah. And I know when Denise gets hit, it has to be hard because she does not go down. Mm-hmm. So when I see, In fact, she was brought to hospital as well. She was actually carted off in an ambulance. And when I heard this, I said, she has to be back because Denise doesn't go down. And then when I see in the video and I see in the stills, it's a terrible tackle, an awful tackle. And people are talking about the tackle going in on her foot, but they're not talking about the elbow going in after her. Right. You know, so... Right. And I've been on, I've looked at Twitter and people have an opinion and I think they should just... Keep to themselves. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. keep to yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. This yeah. is a girl that does not go down. Yeah. She is strength She's and strength and strength. Yeah. She's the core of the Irish ladies team in the middle. And when I seen her going down, I said, this is bad. But please God, now, bit of good news this morning, the boot is at the coming off and she's starting light training, so... Do you think that, uh, like an incident like that, Olivia, could galvanise the squad, could bring them closer together and, you know, have that siege mentality maybe? Well, the first person that came into my head who has that mentality, who looks after our players, is Katie McKay. Right. And I know for a fact Katie would have been standing over Denise and making sure she was okay. Yeah. And making sure nobody was hassling her on, you know, because obviously the game, obviously I'm just surmised and got a bit heated. Yeah. You know, so... And as Fairda said there, she was very um, proud of her players for holding herself. Mm-hmm. And I know she's talking about Katie because Katie is, she will stand up to anybody for her team. Yeah. You know, so she's their captain and she makes their team, makes sure their team is lo- looked after. She's, uh, I, I, as you mentioned Katie there, I've said it before, I love Katie McCabe and what she brings oh, to her. the international I setup. I love her passion, I love everything about Just her. the look in her yeah. eyes, the determination, yes. you know, she just looks so focused mm-hmm. and, and almost borderline angry. You're like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't get on the wrong side of her. Exactly, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? fair to approach her, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it, but it's not, it's just the passion, the will and wanting to win and wanting to do good for our country. I know exactly where she's coming from. Yeah. Mm. So if we get a result, what's what's what to you is um, obviously a win would be a great result. Yeah, but what to you would be a great thing for the first match against Australia? A good performance, but maybe a narrow defeat or a draw or like how are you approaching that game? Uh, a good performance mm-hmm. is, is is key for the simple reason is the other two teams will see this performance, you know, and make sure that let them think, you know, keep yeah. them thinking mm-hmm. and. But me personally, I think the girls, as I said, if they hold on for the first 10, 15 minutes, I think we can get a result. And it probably will be an Amber Bar of Scotland goal at the end. Oh, <laughs> you know, you never know. Or else. Um, I get goosebumps every time I think of Amber oh, Barra because of that moment. <laughs> I was in Scotland and I never forget it was the best day of my life. Oh, like, was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah because <laughs> as I said, I never thought we were going to a World Cup. And when I seen that goal going in, the, the first person I looked at after it was the referee. To blow her up, like, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> waiting for blow her to blow her up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and just like, if the girls get a result, not even like, a, just not a loss, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it, it can be a loss, but not a 3 or 4 nil. Yeah, you know, a, a demoralising loss. A demoralising, yeah. a yeah. tight loss, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or hard luck girls, you didn't deserve Something that. Something to build on. Exactly. Yeah. Something to come away from to go into the Nigerian game. Yeah. And uh, okay, so so Olivia, I know we're pressed for time there because you're about to go to Australia, and I I'm am. very very jealous. <laughs> but because <laughs> you give us an overall prediction, who do you think is going to win the World Cup? Oh, I think um, 
I am going to say Australia only because they're on the home soil okay. and they are actually playing well. Like yeah. they've beaten England, they've yeah. beaten France. So and they are they're a very good team. Yeah, and they have like world class players: Caitlin Ford, Alana Kennedy. You know, does Mil- Sam Kerr, <laughs> Mary Fowler. You yeah. know, she's only a child, and she's. I think she's actually going to light up the the World Cup this this World Cup. But my prediction would be obviously Australia, Ireland to go through, but it's going to be very hard. Okay, and what about overall? Overall, I think Australia will win it, USA, Spain, Germany, and I'm going to say nobody spot speaking about Italy. Italy, Italy women, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've just cautious. been watching them, yeah. The, yeah. Very good players. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. And uh, and right, we've, I've been told to ask you one more question. Yeah. You crossed paths with Katie Taylor yeah, as a player. Yeah, I played football with Katie with Ireland, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, like, did you, did you, did you ever you know, ever see once in your training with Katie Taylor, playing with Katie Taylor, that she become this massive international super, global superstar? Yeah, I absolutely knew. Really? Yes. Katie was on, as I told you earlier, on a Portugal trip with us. She was there for three weeks. She was up at every morning, at half five in the morning, to do her boxing training. Then did her training. Then after her training, she did her own training. And I was speaking to her. I said, what is your ambition? She said, I'm going to be an Olympic champion. Wow. And she told me that at least 13 years ago. Wow. Mm. And if you look up uh, Ireland ladies against Italy away, to Italy and Turin, she scored the best goal in Ireland ever. <laughs> 28-yard screamer. I did see it, actually. Yeah, yeah. I did see it. It was an absolute I was actually, I was there. I was that, at that game. I was a sub at the time. That's incredible, though. Like, you saw that already, that, 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 that oh, single-minded focus. Oh, absolutely. Abs- she's just... She's phenomenal. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Amazing. And I'm so glad that all this is happening to her. And I think in Ireland, she needs to be more... Recognised because if she was a man, yeah. it'd be more like to be a statue in O'Connell yeah, Street, you true. know. So, I think the people, the people of the Ireland, the government, their politicians, is need to wrap her up in yeah. cotton wool. <laughs> she is, she is a saintly figure. Absolutely, she really is an inspiration to yeah, young yeah. girls and men and women all yeah, over the country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Olivia Till, it's been an absolute honour speaking to you mm. uh, ahead of the, this historic occasion that yeah, is the Women's yeah. World Cup and Ireland's first appearance at it. Um, very jealous of you going down to Australia. <laughs> uh, Olivia, uh, stay in touch and we'd love to get you back on the podcast again very soon. I will do, Eric. It's an absolute pleasure being here Cheers. this morning and thanks very much. No problem. Thank, Thank you. you. That was episode 17 of House of Football with Sports Joe and William Hill. I'm Eric Lawler. Tune in, subscribe, share, tell all your mates. We'll be back again next week with more things football. You've been listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill.